Welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ball Player podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. I want to thank you for joining us here today for another episode. It's episode 33 with Joel Mishler. Joel Mishler, he is the Indiana Chargers baseball team and academy founder. For those people who know in the Midwest, the Indiana Chargers are one of the widely known travel organizations that are in the Midwest, really known for their development and all the importance, the importance that they put on developing in in a safe way, in a way that's also done correctly, that is putting the athlete first. Uh, they are a premier travel organization. Uh, they were highlighted by Driveline. Since 2008, they've had 190, 190 players go on to play college baseball since 2008. Um, but if you follow Driveline, Driveline Baseball, um, this is a program that they highlighted. They also, for those people that know Driveline, there's Track. Track is their software that driveline came out with to track your athletes and help push out programming easily so everybody has on their iPads, you can pull in your phone. The Chargers and Joel were piloted piloted this program. And um, that's how involved they were with their development. Uh, but let alone just even with the Chargers, he was also a former high school coach at Westview High School. He was also the former head coach at Glen Oaks Community College for 10 years where he won over 300 games. He was an associate scout for the Orioles and Marlins and uh, just a complete developmental coach. He cares about kids. He has a passion for getting summer baseball right and, and, and putting, the, putting safety and putting, you know, if we have a problem with arm problems, then he's on the forefront of trying to make things, do things the right way. And you hear a lot of that passion come out in the conversation we have. And um, you know, really fortunate to be able to know Joel and I've talked to him uh, at many ABCAs, our national convention. And you know, big reason for being able to talk to him and wanting to have a podcast is, like we mentioned, is not being able to have a, the ABCA this year um, or be able to talk to him and network. So, um, you know, really glad that we're able to touch base with Coach Mishler. And, um, you know, you're going to be able to hear a good, a good amount of things. He touches base about, uh, track and what he, what that did for them with the driveline. Um, you'll hear about his pitching protocols and what they, how they believe they're going to do. You hear about a specific, uh, his college weekend series. It's a, uh, unique format that they use, um, to give kids more of a college feel of what they're going to be like when they are college baseball players. And just as well as just their training and how they develop their how they develop their players in the Charger organization. So uh, really fortunate. I hope you enjoyed. I know I did. Um, just uh, another great great coach who cares about kids. He put kids first. And um, I know you can enjoy this great time, this great talk with Coach Joel Mishler with the Indiana Chargers. Our model wasn't one where we just had loving different coaches and said, hey, take care of them, 
you know, here's your budget, whatever. I mean, that's just wasn't our motto. Right. And uh, so, you know, because of that, I, I created a lot of extra work for myself, but I did it for a reason, which was trying to, you know, um, run a good program. And uh, so it, it's been that part of it's been nice, but I do miss being on the field with the kids and being even even in the academy. I, I mean, as much as that was time consuming for me, the academy, um, you know, that was like after a day in the classroom, you know, going to the academy in the evenings, it, it was a good getaway. Right. And uh, th those two or three hours with the kids, is, they would never, ever get old, you know, and uh, always enjoyed that part of it. But uh, unfortunately, you know, the other stuff kind of was, I'm okay with not having. <laughs> sure. sure. So, so let's yeah. talk about that model, man. Let's talk about that model, like that model that you came in and you wanted to do it. And the thing that kind of created so much work, how did that, how did that come to be? Yeah, it, it started right from the way we, we were formed back uh, in 2007. And it came from my college days. You know, I was a college baseball coach at a junior college for 10 years at Glen Oaks. And, um, we we had a group of boys that were 16 and 17 year olds that thought they wanted to play college baseball. And back then travel ball wasn't what it is today, of course, at least not in the Midwest. And so um, with the help of a few other dads and coaches around the area, we, we put together a team from about four or five different small rural high school kids that thought they wanted to play college baseball and that we thought were pretty good and had that opportunity. Uh, to play baseball, you know, if they put some time into it and and uh, had their eyes open, so to speak, as to what that meant. And so we put a team together that first year of, I think, is 18 to 20 kids. Um, and, uh, you know, which is, again, if you think about that roster size right away, that's a way bigger right. roster than what travel, travel ball teams have today. But right. we didn't think anything about it. That's just how we went about doing it. And we took them off to some, you know, four or five Midwest, big mid Midwest tournaments where we knew we did get some exposure to college coaches number one um, but more than that even we wanted them to get um, exposure to college baseball players mm -hmm. because again we come from a small rural setting in indiana and if you're all conference that's great but like compared to what you know you're not getting recruited based uh, in comparison to the other kids in your conference you're getting recruited to other kids in the rest of the world basically yes yeah. at least the, the midwest in the country so um that was our goal is to, is to let the, the boys see too. Well, this is what college baseball actually looks like and where you have to get to if you want to play college baseball, um, sort of to open their eyes. So it was, it was you know, is that. And, and the third reason really why we wanted to do it is, is um, we are a typical competitive rural area where, you know, the kids really didn't like the other kids from the other schools. Uh, you know, when they would compete against each other. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, we had no problem with that. And that's really lacking in today's world. Um, but we also said, hey, wouldn't it be fun for you guys to get together with some of these guys that we think are good baseball players that you don't really like and find out that when they're on your team, they're actually pretty good dudes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you, you know, it, it's all, all a part of what you get when you go to college, right? I mean, yeah. college is a is an environment of where you're bringing in good players from all over. You have to learn to compete with them, but you also have to learn to make them bigger than you. And so that whole culture idea of making it a family type travel program started right from the get go. And that 
that was one of the things we actually stated. Those those three reasons were why we were doing it. It was uh, it was basically for you know college exposure, but also exposure to what it would take from a talent standpoint to becoming a college baseball player, and then to be able to compete with some other guys that like to compete like you did. I mean, this isn't you know we're half your team in high school. Typically, maybe sometimes we're just there to have fun, which is fine. Um, but you know, we were putting a group of guys together that was said, Hey, let's go out and see what that looks like. So yeah. it was interesting. The first, the first game we played was against DJ LeMayhew's team out of Detroit. And, uh, they, they were all seniors, you know, going, there's 10 division one players there. Of course he was the shortstop yeah. for LSU. And, um, my, my guys got their eyes open real quick. They go, Oh wow. Yeah. None of these guys play in our conference. <laughs> no, you know, this is, this is something different right here, but it was, it was, it was fun. They did well. I mean, we had a kid that was a division one pitcher then eventually. And uh, I mean, they beat us, I think seven to three or seven to two or something like that. It was kind of like men against boys, but yeah, that, that was, you know, that was, again, we, we rather would have had that situation than to go, to a tournament and go five and oh like that just wasn't in our mind our mind was strictly for those other reasons that i gave you it wasn't to go win that tournament although we sure as heck did we, we wanted to win you know so sure. anyways that's kind of how it got started um and then from there um we had two years of that all 18 of those kids went on and played college baseball at some at some level and other other people in the area started asking us well kidding you know you got room for our kid you got room for our kid well we didn't for a couple of years because we started really young. And uh, so we took on a second team in year three and uh, they were a bunch of 17 year olds. And then uh, it just started to snowball. And then we took on another team in year, year four. So now we had three teams and that's when we really started getting into the Academy stuff where um, I always had a building where we had cages up and stuff, but you know, we started bringing these teams in because some of these kids were coming hour and a half away from Laporte over close to Chicago, mm. uh, almost two, two hours away. And, uh, so we started bringing them in on, you know, the weekends and just working with them a little bit in the winter time. And, uh, by year four or five, uh, a, a bigger, um, a basically athletic club approached us in Elkhart, which would have put us more closer to the population base of where these guys were coming and wanting to get in involved with us. And uh, so it, it was just easier to get to from travel and all that kind of stuff. So we went ahead and took the invitation. And, and then that's when we really got into the academy business, so to speak, you know, okay. where we, you know, started adding teams just about every year. And the age group started coming down. And, you know, it, it, I, I kind of fought it all the way. I had a partner, Ben Bailey, who um, he, you know, he kind of pushed me a little bit and, and, I would say groomy in my mind sock thought because I thought, what are we doing with, you know, 14 year olds? What in the world? Mm -hmm. um, as we kept getting lower, lower ages. But right. uh, so anyways, that's, that's how it got started. And then we got into the Academy part of it and more in the training part of it in the winter times. Um, but at first, the first two years, it was, it wasn't that, it wasn't that kind of an Academy setting. They would all come into our cage if they wanted to, when they wanted to. We'd say, hey, we're going to hit on Sundays or something like that, you know. And if they wanted to, they'd come in and we'd we'd work with them. But it wasn't anything like it became after about year five, you know, okay. and year six. So I don't know if that answers your question or not, but that's no, it is. Yeah, definitely. See what's nice to see with the progression of it. So, like with 
you know, um, it, you can kind of go over because some people might not understand, know about your, the strict, I would say strict, but your pitching philosophies and those things, how you take care of yeah. guys' arms. Has that always been there? Can you kind of go through that and say, has that always been there since year one, or is that something that kind of started or evolved over the years yeah. as well? No, it, it, that's always been a top, a top, um, so like your rock, so like you like you said, you already said your roster size is eighteen to twenty. That's always yeah. been there, and then your pitching protocols have always been there. Always, always. Now, one reason we brought driveline in in two thousand and fourteen is because we wanted better pitching protocols. We did. We we wanted something that you know. I, I mean, the protocols we put in place early on, I would say we were real stringent about. But it was pretty old school, too. I mean, like, I, I think about how I coached in college and how I, you know, things have changed over the last 10 years, right? And uh, even the last five years. And um, I, I just, I was not happy with, especially as we got more teams and we had more coaches that we had to get for these teams because we weren't just handing them over to dads, you know. We weren't getting a dad that wanted to, you know, coach, have a team and call them chargers. We would have our own coaches. We would get these guys out of colleges for the most part that were juniors or seniors. I had a you know really good connection with a lot of a lot of schools in the Midwest, and I would call them in the fall and tell them what we're looking for: guys that want to be college baseball coaches, and who mm -hmm. is the guy on your team that you think would be a good coach for this situation. And uh, but it, it became hard to know, you know, uh, is this coach following the protocols that I would have followed? In other words. Did he, you know, did he pitch the guy for 93 pitches and on Friday or Thursday and then, you know, put him at shortstop the next day? Because, like, we don't do that, right? right. And uh, Or did he bring him back on Sunday in the, you know, and pitch him two or three innings because, hey, we were in the game. We, had dog we, we ended up wanting to win it better than we cared about that kid's arm. Right. So, like, we just wanted – we wanted no more of uh, guidance in terms of that. But, but I mean, we, we did those kinds of thought processes quite a bit but what driveline did then is was when what we were looking for is, is like the training side of that like how can we get better to make sure that not only are we setting our teams up the right way that we're giving guidance to our coaches in terms of pitching uh, protocols and how much they pitch and play and how that goes hand in hand but also well how do you train better because that's got to be part of the equation too I mean mm -hmm. it's it's not just pitch counts it's not just you know, um, oh, you, you know, you can't pitch and play shortstop or catch or whatever two days consecutively or whatever. I mean, there's, it's also the training side of that. You know, you can do a little bit more if you train for it, but if we're not training for it, how do we, how do we push them to their max in terms of their development? Not max on how many innings they pitch or pitches they can throw, but how can we get them better and ready for college without hurting them? You know, basically. And so that's when we called driveline in 2014. And it was for that very reason. It was arm care and it was training protocols that we could use um, that made sense and that we could pass along to all of our coaching staff. And uh, qu quite honestly, that went really well because these college guys that were coming in to, to work with our kids in the summertime, along with their coaches at their colleges, were just learning about driveline at that time. Uh -huh. And so they were all more than happy to have a, a kid on their staff as a junior or senior pitcher that had actually worked with us a little bit, who had a good relationship with driveline uh -huh. and were doing these protocols. 
And uh, it really was a nice, nice balance of, you know, being able to um, help, I guess, college programs along the way. In fact, when, when Kyle came out that first year in 2014, we said, hey, do you think uh, it would be a good idea maybe like to do a coach's clinic? Like let them come in and watch you work with our kids all weekend and what you're doing. And then on Saturday night, have a Q&A or just have you. He goes like, yeah, that'd be great. So we started doing that every, he came out like five years in a row and uh, every year he'd come out, we'd do a coach's clinic along with that. So, I mean, we'd get college guys in, we'd get high school coaches in, but mostly college guys that would come in and uh, they could sit there and watch all weekend if they wanted to, or just come to the clinic, you know, at night when we would, he'd put stuff together. It was awesome. I mean, did a, obviously a really good job of just, you know, bringing his stuff to the table in the Midwest, but. Anyways, that was, yeah, that was when I, I think that really elevated our program to levels that, you know, we, we weren't doing before driveline came in. Uh, we were doing all the, the practical things that a coach could do and, and handle in game situations in the summer and in terms of roster building, but, but he brought training uh, protocols and, um, you know, um, just a better understanding of what we were capable of doing without hurting the arm. You know? And like I mean, you said, and, and I think this, helping did he do also do a good job of kind of, sorry, did he do also do a good job of, because he talks about this a lot, about, like you said, about giving it to everyone so everyone got on the same page. Yes, yes. And that and that was our thing, you know, when me and Just, Justin Barber, who's now the Taylor University pitching coach, but uh, he, he was with me for five years, I believe it was. Um, and he had just come out of Spring Arbor University as a, as a college player. Um, and he helped run our program and, and run the academy. He's just a fantastic coach in person. But um, I, I remember just expressing my, my frustrations with him in that, yeah, a few players are doing some things that we thought were good. But overall, this sucks. Like, I, I can't, you know, if I have one team to handle, I'm fine with that. And and I'm not saying I was doing an awesome job with them, but at least I knew what they were all doing or whatever. Yeah. But when you have five teams or seven teams or ten teams, and now you're getting into youth, I mean, you know, I mean, one thing I saw going a lot of is, like, as this became popular – around 2015 and 16, everybody's saying they were driveline people and you'd see 12 year olds thrown to the gun and doing all this stuff that we were doing with our 60s and 70s. And Kyle was going, no, 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 no. You don't do that with 12 year olds. This is what you do with 12 year olds or this is what you do with 14 year olds, you know? Um, so everybody was just, you know, but, but what we could do then is we could personalize the players based on their physicality. Cause you know, not all 14 year olds look alike. Right. Oh yeah. And they're built alike. And, um, but you could, you could do that. Plus you could, you know, vary things from age and all that. But we, we tried to have a plan. There wouldn't be one kid in our program, whether we had 12 teams or two teams that wouldn't understand like what their goals were in terms of arm care. Um, you know, aftercare, you know, the, uh, after a game or after a, a pen session or a, a practice session where they threw a lot. Um, how do you how do you use that on a daily basis, uh, whether we have practice or not? You're at home in your basement, you know, working on this stuff. Um, that was always our goal. You know, 
have 175 kids at the end. And we wanted all 175 to be aware of what a program that, that would fit them. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. And so, you know, when we go out in the summertime, um, that was always one of those things. And I'll be honest with you, as much as we worked at it all winter long, uh, that was still frustration for me because like <laughs> they wouldn't take it back with them when they would go into their high schools or their, you know, spring leagues or whatever. Um, if they weren't with us, it, it almost became like, you know, you had to watch them and say, Hey, is that what, is that what you're supposed to be doing? Oh no. Right. Oh, my, you know, Tommy, my teammates doing that. So yeah. But how does that fit you? You know, and that, that's always, you know, a little bit of my frustration is just trying to keep kids focused on like, you know, what's best for you and where you're at right now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there's some things that are the same. Yeah. There, there's some things that are the same that everybody would do, you know, on a daily basis, but. So you were mostly, Anyways, you were mostly no, but you were mostly individualized with those protocols from the get go, or was it all like, okay, we're all going to do these plyo drills, or we're all going to do these J bands? Yeah. Would you was no. it was it full programming, or just right away you just individualize it based off of? No, it, it it was more of a program. It was more of a program basis when we started, but as we grew and we we quickly you know got into this. Um, what we realized is once we would train them in the exercises, then the amount of exercises would be personalized. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, to teach them all, especially the first couple of years when Kyle first came out, I mean, none of us knew the exercises, to, to be real honest. And so, you know, the first thing we had to do is teach everybody, give everybody a pretty good understanding of this is how you do reverse throws or reverse picks, you know. This is how you do this exercise or that exercise. Um, because like, doesn't matter what program I get you, if you're doing them incorrectly, that doesn't work. So um, yeah, it starts out like that. But then as we, you know, as, as, a, as we went along, and let's say you came into our organization as a 13 year old, you know, by the time you're 15 or 16 year old, you, you would have a good understanding of that. So we didn't have to take as much time doing that portion of it and you, you know you could go more in individualized plans a little bit quicker mm-hmm. if that makes any sense sure but yeah i, I don't want to make it sound like we had all these unbelievable different plans you know um a lot of the exercises are the same it's just the amount that you do it or even based on your position or whatever you know um even the time i mean like let's face it some kids are two and three sport guys. And uh, so, you, you know, they'd have to do, even if they could get this much in of the program in the off season at nine 30 at night in their basement, you know, at least we wanted to make that available to them if they wanted it. Some of them did it and we didn't push it. You know, it wasn't like we were going to you know, hold a gun to their head and say, you have to do this. But what, what our whole goal has been always is, is like, to provide you the information, mm-hmm. you know, give you the information that's out there and then let you decide if you're going to do something with it, which I, I would say is a, another kind of a base point of what our organization always tried to be. We wanted to be like a college program in terms of responsibility. You know, we weren't going to sit there and just harp on you and harp on you and harp on you. You got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. Well, if you're going to be in our program, and we would say this to them every year when we'd have tryouts or 
when people would talk to us about is like, here's our expectations is that you want to be good basically. And so we're going to give you as much information that we feel is good information that we're getting from people at at different levels. We're not making this stuff up. Um, You know, we're, we're trying to gather and disseminate and then give you the information that would allow you to um, be successful and get better. And then it's going to be up to you to do that. I'm not going to follow you around. And so some kids took a lot of, I mean, took advantage of it really well. And some kids didn't, mm-hmm. honestly. And this is probably where track came in, right? Because I remember talking to you at the ABCA and all of a sudden the track came in like, oh yeah, we've actually piloted this program. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I'm assuming that that's how that originated with Kyle coming in, right? You kind of then... You, he said, you uh, was it was it a conversation that you'd had like said, hey, like I'm trying to push all these things out to these guys to have them ready, and he said, okay, well, let's try this. Well, I mean, we we in no way uh, were the originator idea of of that, but we had all every time you know we talked to Cal, he'd come out, we would have these conversations because they were having the same issues sure. with their sure. with their athletes, right? Yeah, and they were saying, hey, I, I'm sure. Every academy or, you know, uh, even college coaches have these issues. And so they said after, I forget it, maybe two years they talked about it. And they said, hey, would you guys mind, you know, being in on the pilot part of it and just see how it goes. And so we were. And, uh, you know, I'd love to I, I'd love to be a part of it even today because, like, I know today even that they, they can do so much more with that than they could two years ago. Sure. You know? And uh, – so, I, I mean, it's grown by leaps and bounds in terms of what that whole thing, that whole program can do for people. But, uh, yeah, that was really interesting. And that was why we, why we wanted to get involved with it right from the get-go. When they asked us, we were like, oh, yeah, we're thrilled to be uh, part of that because, like, that's a definite issue. You know, you, you have so many kids that you're trying to, you know, keep track of and whatever. And uh, so, anyways, this, yeah, that, that's how we got started with that. Yeah, and then so like, what did you what did you like? Uh, I mean, I guess you know you were starting to pull kids from all over the from the Midwest there, and I guess that really was able to help you give the give your programs much easier to the to your to your kids, right? Yeah, things like track were track very helpful. Yeah, yeah, but um, it also in some ways it got even harder to tell you the truth, and and it's just probably part of it was just my fault. Just, just the, the idea of letting go. And, um, I, I don't know. Um, just, yeah. Letting go and, and, and trusting people that, that they will follow through with these things. And also the training in part of that. Um, again, nothing that's good in my opinion is probably easy and free. Right. Yeah, and so much of that I thought was taken for granted by by the majority of the kids. There was always some, and of course they're typically the ones that made more progress that would come and they and they get trained in on it and they would buy in and they do it. But I, I mean, in all honesty, there was a lot of them, in my opinion, that never took the time to really take that part seriously and, and get trained in and utilize it like they they could. I mean, it's only going to be beneficial if you actually work at it and utilize it and and you know early in its development it wasn't perfect and so um it 
it took probably more time on the on the part of Justin and and, and our coaches and trying to work with it with the kids, but um, we were there for it. That's what we you know. That's why we were there, yeah. and it was available. It, they just had to they had to put some effort in it as well to um, to make it beneficial to them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it, it's there's so much available to people today to, to help them become better, you know? Um, but there's also a lot of stuff out there almost that, um, sometimes I think it overwhelms kids. Maybe, I don't know. You know, there's so much information and so many programs and whatever that can be helpful that, that perhaps it gets overwhelming a little bit too. I don't know. No, I agree. I agree. And even just for, not even for players, just the coaches, you know, and the coaches got to decide, exactly decide what to you know what to really buy into i just talked to tom held about that you know like him being like he's tried to all the different things but there's just all but also his three balls like that's what he that's what he sticks to it's what he believes in it's just it's great because i think now especially a younger coach or coaches coming in it's it's every new little thing and you want to try mm-hmm. to do them you know mm-hmm I tell you, I, I love Tom Hill. I, I think he might be one of the best baseball coaches and developers of arms and pitchers in the country. I mean, literally, if you think about what he's done, I, I just don't see it being done anywhere. And, uh, you know, I, I, I he was one of the first, he was one of the first guys to, when, when he found out Kyle was coming, he's like, yeah, I'm coming. I yep. mean, like that's Tom Hill, right? Yep. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to listen and what makes sense to him, he's going to work at and try and, and add in or whatever. But like, I'm always looking at him. I'm going like, I want to know everything you know because I think you're really smart, Tom. And and, and he he has he's been over to our academies already. With even brought some kids over and demonstrated his programs to us. And just he's a heck of a guy. I mean, he's just um, I, I think he's a really really good coach. But he's a good model as to how to coach in my mind. He's not a you know flavor of the month guy. I mean, yes. You know, but, but he also knows what he's saying no to. Yes. He gets out there and he educates himself and he understands when he's, and he's not doing something, he understands why he's not doing it. He's not just, he's not just going to fall for everything and do it, but he's not going to do it if it doesn't make sense to him right. either. But and, he also didn't and, shut uh, it down right away either. Like he'll listen to exactly. you. He'll listen. Yeah. He'll listen and he'll be all about it. He'll want you to come to the hostel. He'll want you to, he'll invite you to his hotel room. But there's yes. like, that's not for me. Like, and yeah. then. But you know, I I I truly I, I respect the heck out of him as well for all that. You know, like yeah. he does, he yeah. tries it all. I know he said it's. Cause I thought, um, cause yeah, I think he he said he's been out the drive line too, and he and he saw it and mm-hmm. went through it, and it's like there's some things that we took and we have protocols, mm-hmm. but there were some things that I'm like, no, nope, I'm gonna stick with I'm gonna stick with what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, uh, it's yeah, he he's a wise man, he's a wise person, and I mean, we we would be the first to say too that like. As much as we love driveline and everything, it's not like it's not like uh, people go, "You're driveline people." Well, if you're saying that we respect them and we think that they're they've done a lot for our program and our guys and their arm health and all that, I would say absolutely we're driveline guys. But like that doesn't mean that we don't listen to other people, and that doesn't mean we do a hundred percent of what they do all the mm-hmm. time. You know, I mean, like. They move so fast for one thing, like I, I can't keep up with it. I'm not just going to do everything they do. I would want to know if there's a new protocol or something new that they're that they're working with. I would want to be available and, and ask questions and understand why they're doing it and what they think or whatever. 
um, and, and then make a decision right there. And, and sometimes you do stuff and it just doesn't work for you. And I think, well, maybe I just don't know, you know, maybe I'm not understanding it right, or it's just not working for that kid, you know, or whatever. So maybe you don't do it, you know, just because it's driveline doesn't mean you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I also really, really respect them uh, in, in many ways, you know, not, not just baseball. Wise. So anyways, yeah, Tom, Tom's to me, he's a wise, smart, <laughs> good person. Yes, he is. Uh, base, baseball coach. Yes, he yeah. is. Great, 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 great. So, I mean, and I guess even a, a lot of that, when you talk about, um, when you talk about the driveline, like, did that, like, when you guys brought driveline in, like, did it, and they, you know, they, they highlighted you on their blog post and, and what you did, and I guess that was 14, 15, the blog post when it came out, and then did that just, mm-hmm. again, change and send you in, an, in another direction? Um, you know, did it, how did it, how did that even help you evolve even more? I mean, I I, I could show you my uh, my files. I got so many files of things that we were doing before and, and how it's changed now. Um, I think like writing a blog like that, um, what it did for us is it just, it, it just magnified to us our purpose for how we run things and how we're going to continue to run things, you know? When you have to sit down and, because like, again, that, that blog came three or four or five years after we started working yeah. with them. It was old news so, for you, but like yeah. everybody else, it was like, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean that you got, your shortstop's not going to get back out there? What do you mean <laughs> yeah. that you're going to sit in for the next three? What do you mean this guy's coming to watch him? Like, what do you mean, you know, like, those are some really serious things that came out, you know, and you put yeah. your statement, so your flag and says, we're a developmental first program. Yeah. So it's so writing a blog was a good exercise for us. Probably everybody should do it. Like I said, we had all that information on like 50 different documents, right? And when we, we have a coach's manual, for instance, and we had all that stuff in the coach's manual, but it was probably way too wordy and all that. So we had to put it down into a, you know, as few words as possible that people could understand it and still make sure that it said what we, what was important to us. And so that's what they ask us to do, you know, basically through our conversations, they go, man, would you write a blog for us? Mm-hmm. So that's what we did. And, and so the experience was good because it, it took us some time to do it and say, now nah, we're, we're just getting way too wordy. And, you know, and, and I'll tell you what, that was good for it too. Is just like, even as I look at my documents and go through them, even today, I go, uh, man, coaching is, is is communicating with as few words as possible. <laughs> and, uh, I'm good. not very, I'm not good at I'm not good at that, right? Uh, and Justin's a great writer, and he would write stuff, and then he'd have okay, what do you think, Mish? And then I we go through it and talk about it, and say, well, can we say this or that or add this? Or and uh, fortunately, he was a good writer and was able to put it all together. So I, I, that was just a good exercise for us to just help us grow, I think, as an organization and, and in some ways dig our heels in and go, everybody else might be doing whatever they're, we're not, we're not even concerned about what everybody else is doing, quite honestly. What we got to do is what do we believe in? And then we're going to dig in and continue to try to get better at what we believe in. And that's how we're going to do it. And like I, like I told you from the get go at the start, I probably made a lot more work for myself because yeah. of that. But, um, that's how we that's how we chose to do it yeah it was just uh and then i'm just 
a couple of things I, I think about is like, um, one is when you, when you first sat down w- with these things, was there any time that those things got challenged and you got close uh-huh. to saying, well, I don't know if this is, this is the way, or uh, is there anything that really just that challenged you? Big, uh, big time. And, and it happened about year five when we started getting down under high school age groups because we were told in no uncertain terms, you can't do that. When, when especially it came to roster size. And, and quite honestly, you know, we, we're still considered to have the biggest rosters around at 14 and 15 kids at that, those age groups. And I think that's too small uh, based on, on, based on the model of, of how you play summer baseball. I mean, like, if again, you look at our blog, you look at professional baseball, they got 150 people in their organization, and they never play more than three games in three days that I know of. I've never uh-huh. seen it. College baseball, they have 35 guys on their roster, 17 or 18 pitchers, and they never play more than four games in a weekend in three days' time, usually, typically, maybe maybe four days, but usually Friday through Sunday, right? Never. And they got 35 guys on their roster. And we think we got too many kids with when we have 14 or 15 guys on a roster and they're all playing shortstop and catching and pitching and catching and shortstop and pitching. And, and, and we wonder why we have arm issues. I, I've never gotten anybody to, to do a study on this. I, I wish they would. Um, I've, I've talked to driveline a couple of times about it. And uh, especially now that they've I've got the sleeve, you know, uh, they're right. part of owner in that. But I would have loved to to do a, a, a several year study on having those having those sleeves on all kids, you know, on a, on a 15 or 16 man roster of 12 year olds, 13 year olds, 14 year olds and looking at the stress levels of of where they're at um, on day one versus, OK, so you played shortstop. Now we're going to start them on day two. Okay, and he throws 50 pitches, and we kept track of his pitch counts. And so, oh, he's fine. You can go back to shortstop and just see what that looks like over time and, and see if you can get any kind of data on that. Because in my mind, it's not even just about pitches. It's about your legs. I mean, like, when in my mind, people hurt their arms typically when they get tired physically. And if you've been playing four games in two days or three days, you know uh, – your legs are getting tired. I don't mm-hmm. care who you are, because you're not you're not training for that Monday through Thursday. You know, you're doing other stuff, maybe going to basketball camp or football or whatever. But you know, in the summertime, you're not you're not out running sprints and you know, working out or whatever. And you're 14 years old, you're a kid, or, or even 16. And uh so, anyways, in, in my mind, that that's a big deal, but it's always I, I I've always thought that ever since I was a college coach. And, 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 and as we set our programs up back in 2007, that was always a big issue to us from that standpoint. Um, I don't know. It's, it's just a, I, I could be totally wrong to tell you the truth. I, I'm not one of those scientists that got the data at the back of that. <laughs> it's just the feeling I have that we have a lot of arm issues that nobody's talking about. And it's because of the model of, of the way we, do baseball with youth. You know, it's, it's go like, I, I pulled a, a 14 year old team. Typically I would, I would coach our 17s. Um, but in March and April, as we were getting the young kids going, our college guys were still playing college baseball. You know, there was a junior or senior at a college 
and he wouldn't get home until they were out of the playoffs. So usually that was typically mid-May to late May. So before my high school kids would come along in June, I would coach 13s and 14-year-olds. Well, I think it was two or three years ago, I was coaching some 14-year-old kids. And we played Friday night, and then Saturday it rained all day. And on Sunday, they wanted us to come back, and we played like at 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 1 o'clock. So they had us playing three games on Sunday already. And, you know, I was running out of – because I'm, I'm not going to – you know. You, I mean, the eight o'clock pitcher didn't get to play the rest of the day. Or even right. if you have a fourteen-man roster, start doing the math, right? Now right. down to thirteen guys, right? Then the ten o'clock pitcher, he was out. He was a goner, you know. Right. And and sometimes they, you know, they weren't going whole games. I mean, like you know, you typically have some relief guys that maybe threw twelve or fifteen pitches that you let play. We're 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 asked to play a championship game. It's the fourth game of the day, so we're going home. The other team wins. They get the trophies. We're going home. Right. I mean, like, we just pulled them right now. I, and they're like, why? You still got two guys left. They go, they're not really pitchers. But, yeah, they could pitch. They could go on the mound. But I ain't not worried about those two kids. What I'm worried about is my shortstop who really, he pitched Friday night, and he's sore. You know, my every I, I, I've only got, like, nine guys that can play total by now because I've gone out of pitchers because of our system, not because oh. of yours tournament system it's my fault i get it but that's that you know i'm not doing it i could care less about this fourth game today and this championship game this thing uh there were some people not real happy with me and some of them were my own and then and then uh one of the best phone calls i ever got was from a dad who called and apologized the next day and said you know uh, my my son told me on the way home coach is right he told us when we joined the organization that's how he's going to do it and he did exactly what he said. He goes, mm -hmm. I had to think a little bit. He goes, my son's smarter than I am, you know. Um, and so he apologized. That was one of my best phone calls I got from a travel ball parent. It's yeah. just that, like, you know, the kids got it. They figured it out. Like, they wanted to play. It's, it's not like they're not competitive and wanted to win, you know. But, like, they, they figured it out. But that's, that's just a horrible system, if you ask me. I, I hate that system of tournament play. And yeah. I, I get it because you got all these – you know, big facilities that have to make money. And this is a good way to make money, evidently. You know, get people to come in and pay and then pay for food, and, you know, get you in there and, and uh, pay pretty good tournament fees and whatever to help pay for all this. But, like, I just think it's terrible on, on uh, baseball. And the other side of that with tournament play is like, tell me one thing that that does to help develop a kid for, like, college baseball. You know, it's nothing like college baseball. Tournament play is zero like college baseball. College baseball is practicing all week, going out on Friday, taking two hours of batting practice, really. You know, you know your team and their team and pregame and, and then playing a nine-inning game or a doubleheader or, or whatever. You're on the field six, seven, eight hours a day. You don't get nothing like that in travel ball. You know, I mean, it's come and go and come and go and time games and, hey, you lost, big deal. We'll go, got another game in three, you know, three hours. Let's go get an ice cream cone and go. There's, there's, you know, we, we, we always complain a bitch about how non-competitive the kids are. Well, who made them that way? Right. I mean, honestly, like the system is bred for that as far as I'm concerned, you know? And uh, so, you know, when you, when it comes to arm health care to, uh, you know, even 
mindset and, and competitiveness. I, I do not like the, the way the tournament um, system is set up. Not that a couple tournaments a year wouldn't be fun or good or whatever, but uh, anyways, well, that's, I'm that's, saying that's, a lot. that's a good segue into your college uh, weekend series, you know, so yes. like talking about that. So like, when did that start? You know, your college mm-hmm. weekend series, like, so, Talk to us about that. Some people don't probably don't know about your weekend series, which is awesome. Um, and you know where? How did that evolve? Yeah. Well, there's about four or five coaches in our area that have had good, what I would call, really good travel baseball programs over the years. Um, and we're a little bit spread out, but we got our heads together. And so, you know, we didn't we didn't come up with this just on our own as the Chargers. It was like three or four organizations um, that were involved with this and coaches. And, and we all had the same complaints about the tournament side of things. And so um, the things that we wanted to address were arm care, um, but also competitiveness and, and, and playing and development and make it look as much and feel as much like a college weekend as possible. We, we have so many kids that say, yeah, I want to be a college baseball player. And you go, have you ever even gone to a college game? Well, no. I mean, you know, and it's, you can't understand why because college is during high school season or whatever. So, you right. know, they don't typically go to college games, but it's like they have no concept of what they're getting into when they go to college. And one of the things we've tried to take pride in, you know, we've had about 190 kids now in the last 14 years that have gone on to college. And I think we have a good reputation around, around the Midwest, at least, of colleges. No, you get a charger kid, you're not going to come and be soft. You know, you're going to have an idea of what he's getting into. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't say that's been the case for all 190, but I, that's the that's the feedback I keep getting from coaches. Like we come and recruit you guys because we know if he can play, he's going to be the right kind of guy mm-hmm. in our program. He's going to help make it better. So that's you know to us that's the biggest compliment we can get. But the whole point with this this weekend series was is like how can we you know make it college like so. What we would do is we'd start on Friday. We'd take four teams. We'd want four of the best teams we could get. Not you know. We certainly didn't want a, a mismatch of, of talent level because that would ruin this whole thing. Uh, and I'll explain why. So we would take we would take two teams against each other and the other two teams against each other. On Friday, you'd have a full out two hour pregame BP, you know, for both teams in and out, whatever. And finally, after two hours, you'd start playing and you play a nine inning game. And then the other two teams would do it. We would sometimes we use the same diamond and, you know, we'd, put all the BP stuff back out on the field again and start over. Or we would use two different college fields. If we could, so, you know, it was nice. We had two nice college fields close by um, because you can have them going simultaneously on Friday. You wouldn't get so deep into the night with that second group of teams on Saturday. Then we would do BP again, uh, or we would go BP inside uh, or in a cage and then do in and out. We always did in and out. And then we'd play uh, a nine and a seven doubleheader so we'd play two games on saturday but the the same teams were always playing each other so in other words we'd have three game series with two teams on one field and then three game series with two teams on another field so at the end of the day on saturday uh you would have a winner of the series on both fields and you'd have a loser of the series on both fields and then on sunday again you take in and out if you want to take vp you could um are you still there Sure. Yeah, so here, so here. Okay, I, I had a phone call break in, and I don't even know yeah, how to get back video. to you here. Okay. Um, so anyways, um, 
on Sunday, the winners would play each other and the losers would play each other. Um, there was, you know, there was no trophies to get handed out or nothing. It was just pride. And it was just basically uh, it was, it was a way to be competitive. Now, here's another advantage to that. It's like if you're playing a three-game series with the, with the team and, you know, you strike out on a breaking ball, you look pretty silly on an off-speed pitch or whatever, you can't hit a fastball in, guess what you're going to get for the next three games? Right. You're going you're going to get that pitch and you're going to have to make an adjustment. If you get to college, it's all about adjustments. It's all about adjustments. And in the in the tournament settings that we play in in today's world, it's nothing about adjustments. You could look terrible, you know. I guess if I'm playing you and in any one I find a weakness, I'm going to keep exposing it the rest of the game. But guess what? You're going to go someplace else and play another team that paid no attention to that game, and they're going to feed you something else, and you're going to hit a triple. And you're going to get up and you're going to pound your chest and go, I'm a college player. Look at me. And your parents are going to go, he's awesome. Except that when you go to college next year and you keep striking out on breaking balls and don't get to play then because that's mm-hmm. how it works. Your parents get like He's getting screwed, this and that, whatever. Well, like when did you ever have to, you know, try to make an adjustment to your weakness at any point in time? And the Travis on the travel ball circuit, mm-hmm. very rarely, you know, mm-hmm. maybe in a game, but that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so when you when you did that and you got to know the team you're playing pretty good for three three games, it, it was good that way. So it helped make our players gave them a better feel for the game and the adjustments it's going to take at the college level and to compete against yourself and against somebody on your team and the opponent, right? Um, so, anyways, that that's kind of what we wanted to do. Um, when we could get good teams to buy into that, we'd have a lot of scouts show up. And when I say a lot, I mean, we'd have sometimes we'd have 10 or 12 college guys there, you know, and everybody says, well, you can't do that because they're all over at the big parks where there's 20 fields and, you know, and I know they like that. I mean, again, I was a college coach. My boys are both college coaches. I know there's advantages to that. Um, but in terms of like what we were doing, if you really liked one of my players and you came out on Friday and watched him take BP and screw around in the outfield and not work, I mean, that took care of that. Right. Or if you saw him, you know, not play well in the first game and strike out on three breaking balls three times that day, how did he act? How was he to the rest of his teammates? You know, did he care about winning at that point in time? And how did he come out the next day and respond? I mean, like you could stick around and do that. As a college coach, I think that'd be like worth a million bucks if it's somebody you really like in terms of his tools mm-hmm. and, and and his ability to play. You got to know the people as competitors a little bit, and how they how they did things. You know, when they're taking BP, how would you know if you're a college coach and you went to these big tournament settings? How would you know how much focus a kid has in pregame, how hard he works at his game on a daily basis? You know based on the tournament thing. I mean, they walk in and they go and they get loose in 20 minutes and then they play and then they walk off. And that's all you see all summer long. Yeah, he can sure run. He can throw hard and he can hit the ball hard once in a while. But you have no idea who he is in between, you know, as a person. And if I'm a college coach, at least when I was recruiting, I kind of wanted to know about him. I wasn't able to get the best talented athletes all the time. I got some really good ones along the way. I was mm-hmm. fortunate, but I had a lot of good people in my program, a lot of good kids that really bought into the culture and the family atmosphere and the getting better and moving on and all that kind of stuff. 
So working hard on a daily basis was never a problem. I, I think when you get to college, my my take is like practice time is in the spring. It's it's pregame and a little bit of postgame. I mean, like that's your practice time a lot of times because you right. play a lot of games. They play midweek. They play weekends and then they got to go to school and they travel a lot. Um, if you're not good at doing pregame and not just getting ready for this game, but like actually doing things to make you a better baseball player, then I guess you're done with practice in November or October, whenever fall ball's over, you know? Yeah. So I just, I just think it breeds that kind of a, a, a mentality. I'll be honest with you. It was hard to sell and it's, it's, it's been hard to get off the ground in terms of getting people to buy into that. But again, um, that's what we, we thought would work and it did work when we got the right teams in. So, and you, we didn't had, te- you know, didn't have scores 13 to one or whatever all the time. Sure. Yeah. You don't want to expose anybody. I think that's also, like you said, it, there's still, that's still going to bring people to the event that you want. You still want to bring, because like you said, your pillar of your thing is college exposure. So we still have to be to that. So if we're going to do that, we're going to have to have the talent that would attract people to come watch. Right. And so what we were trying to do is give them the environment along with the talent that would make it more, it would make it better for these college coaches than to, than to just go watch a tournament, watch us walk onto the diamond and walk off the diamond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and then um, you said you still, you said you guys are still been successful with that. The Chargers have been successful with that. We, we've been doing it um, every year. We'll, we'll have one or two weekends a, a summer, but it's, it's, it's typically a challenge to find the good, the best teams. You know, we, our protocols is we always want to find better teams than us. I mean, I want, I, I right. always want to play somebody that can beat us uh, and beat us bad unless we get better and work mm. hard at it. And so that's just always been our mindset, uh, which is why, you know, we don't win 10 tournaments a, a summer, you know, I mean, we, we win some, but, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to play really good teams. I don't care about like the, I, what I want to do is get better. And uh, so it's harder to find teams like that are that good to want to buy into that because a lot of those teams that have that kind of ability and talent, like the showcase circuit, you know, because it does bring out, you know, I mean, there's no question about it. It brings out a lot of numbers in terms yeah. of college coaches and that kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's definitely tough. I can see why it would be tough, for sure. But it's just it's just a great thing. I, I think there's so many good things about it. But you know, um, it will be. I love how you said like you would go to like even local colleges. I think that's a good draw too. You having it at a college field as well would be good. Yeah, yeah. we always did it on college fields. Always. Yeah. That's awesome. Hmm. College weekend. You call it the college week. Your college weekend series, right? Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. That's super mm-hmm. cool. I always loved. I love that. Uh, love that idea. You know, but because it is, there's double headers. I mean, you've been ju- JUCO, and there's double headers that you get on weekends. Are they're they're rough, man. Those are long days. Those are Those long are. days. Those are get in the bus and drive four hours, and then you're uh, out there for six or seven hours, and. Probably eating burgers on the way home instead of stuff is really good for you. Exactly. You know? Exactly. <laughs> burgers and smoking and cokes and just drink as much as <laughs> you can. And, yeah. Yep. Get back in the morning, do it at home, get the field ready, and do it all tomorrow on Sunday. Do it all home. tomorrow. Absolutely. Yeah. That's wild. 
That's wild, man. So, I mean, um, just, just thinking, just, man, just thinking of how things have, have gone for you, um, you know, with the chargers, um, have like, you've, you've, you've talked about one of the best phone calls you've had from a parent about, you know, sticking to your guns. Have, have you had any, have you had any other players that have gone through the program and say, you know, I felt like this, this is exactly what I needed. Or, um, the, you know, this really saved my arm because of X, Y, and Z, or, you know, maybe someone left another program. Have you had any other stories like that where guys have been like, you know, thank you for taking care of me and all, you know, your protocols and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I have any like testimonials of guys writing me or anything like that, but I, I think what you would find if you, um, like we stay close to our players when they go on and play college. We, we always have, again, it's kind of like our culture. It's a family culture. It's, we, we're not a, an elite club. I will tell you, we don't use that word because yeah. <laughs> we, we, we try to be really good people and uh, competitors and, and uh, you know, it, it, it got, it's gotten tougher as time has gone on because there's so many teams and such that it's watered down a little bit in terms of getting the, the, the kind of talent that we were getting early on, but um, they're still really good, hardworking people and college college level players out there that we've gotten over time. Um, I I think I think if you talk to our players, they'd all tell you that yeah, boy, we have got a lot of good information and and uh, time spent and working with us and developing, and it's been good for us. Um, you know, more in the last three, four years, the guy that runs the program now, Evan Jurjevic, um, was a, a future uh, was a past Charger, and played at Carson Newman in Tennessee. And I mean, he is one of the best. Um, what I, I I don't know, speed, agility, fitness. Um, he's a baseball guy. He's a baseball man, baseball coach. He's um, getting his doctorate in um, physical therapy. Um, and worked with like Mike Reinel and different people in the baseball business. I mean, he knows baseball very well and and how to develop it, but he's been a part of our program the last four years. And and I know for a fact, we've had kids that probably were borderline, not going to be college baseball players, good baseball players in high school, but you know, and I mean, he, he absolutely got them on board and, and they turned themselves into college baseball players. And, you know, probably not Division One players, but for the most part, uh, a couple of D2s and some NAIs and some JUCOs and give them even more time to try to develop and get to those levels they want to get to. Um, and so that part of our training really was different at the end uh, in the last three, four years than what it was the, the first, you know, 10 years or whatever. You say training, you're talking uh, about like strength training, speed and agility stuff? Yes. Yes, strength, speed, and agility, uh, uh, all that kind of stuff. So, um, and, and even like, like even with the way we train, you know, through again some of the driveline protocols. But even, you, you know, you have all the machines now, like the hit tracks machines and the, you know, the the axe bats and the things that we do that are more athletic and movement pattern training. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot more of that kind of stuff going on, and I and I really know that that's been good for for our kids and such but in terms of the arm care protocol i i would be 
you might find a kid out there or a parent out there that would say that they didn't buy into it or believe it, that it helped them. But I, I mean, it's kind of hard to argue with those numbers too, you know, 190 players and four, 14 years. That's pretty good pace. Uh, especially when you consider where we're coming from, we're not in the middle of Chicago or Detroit or whatever, where we got millions of baseball players. I mean, we're, we're in a very rural setting. Uh-huh. And our kids come from about an hour and a half to two hour radius. And that's about it. Um, so, um, yeah, there's there's big buy-in to what, what the arm care stuff is. Now, I say that, and people will tell you that, but there's always those challenges still when it comes to roster sizes and such. You know, I mean, um, because, like, roster sizes aren't there for punishment. You know, they're not there to keep you from getting better. They're, they're there for a reason. But, you know, part of that reason would just be common sense arm care, in my opinion, you know. Um, so to say that, yeah, I'm all in for the Chargers arm care protocol, but, you know, I would have, I could have played, you know, a little bit more in the field, um, Yeah. you know, as a pitcher, right fielder or whatever, you know. Um, not everybody was always happy with that. But yeah, I, I was always wondering, like, how did you manage, you know, like your roster? You probably you kept like eighteen guys. Like those were typically you were always fifteen to eighteen guys. Well, fifteen with the younger guys. Yeah, we we tried fifteen to eighteen with the older guys, but some years we didn't have that that many. But one of the things we would do that would help with, you know, besides having pitcher only, some a couple pitcher onlys on your on your team. Um, I always had developmental contracts too. So in other words, we had some kids that you would say um, would free up. Let's say you have a right filler that can pitch or whatever, and you have a developmental player that, and, and basically what that contract was is like, you didn't have to pay as much. You're the 17th, 18th guy I was going to be honest with you up front and say, you're not going to get as much playing time as these other guys, unless you get better. Now, you know, you got all winter to get better, and we're, we'll work with it. We're trying to make you compete with this other guy. We want you to. But, I mean, I did that in college, right? You recruit that way, too. I'd uh-huh. have 50 guys come into my JUCO program in the fall. And, quite honestly, I never cut one guy in 10 years unless they had an attitude problem and they cut themselves. But, I mean, it's like I will. I want you to come in here and compete. I don't want you to come in here and just sit around and accept your role. Uh-huh. Um, but, on the other hand, I'm going to tell you up front, I got a guy that's running, you know, 6'6", six, six and – you can really throw it and hit it and outfield. He's probably going to play right now. He's ahead of you. And that's how it's going to be. Accept it and work at it or don't, but don't be in my program if you're not going to accept it. So we would have those conversations and we, we, you can build your roster around some of those kids because some of them actually do turn out, believe it or not. Cause when they're 14, 15, 16 years old, they're not always developed physically like they they're going to be but sure. if if we look at him we say you know that kid might be pretty good someday he's like six two and skinny and just you know needs some strength or whatever um and we're going to give him an opportunity to play some but not as much and and so you do that and now all of a sudden what that does is it frees up that stud that's you know an outfielder shortstop or whatever and you can move guys around a little bit and, and they can get some throwing time in as well you know now those guys are going to throw at the end of the weekend, not at the beginning of the weekend. You know, you're going to throw your your pitcher onlys on Friday or Thursday, Friday or whatever. And then, you know, you're going to like if you have a catcher that has to pitch, you know, he's going to pitch on Sunday. You know, uh-huh. He's done catching on Saturday or whatever. He's going to pitch on Sunday. Um, 
because he's never gonna catch again. <laughs> for, right. You know, three days. You know, it, it, with us, if he's if he's that good, I mean, if he's not that good, I'm not probably not gonna pitch him. But if he's a guy that you know can really needs to be pitching some way, so. I mean, like literally, you would try to build when you when you look at your roster, and, and yeah, we'd have these conversations with our coaches. Every one of our coaches, so so get this: if you got thirteen teams, I get a I, I get a weekly kind of lineup in before, and then I on Mondays I get one back and say, "What did you actually do?" And and the main reason for that was for arm care. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I ain't gonna tell them who to play where or whatever, but I want to know their plan. Give me a plan. Give me the reasons. And I want to make sure that that stud shortstop or stud catcher or stud right fielder isn't getting used too much. Right. right. And uh, getting used properly. Yeah. Getting Not getting abused. Properly. For sure. Yeah. So, um, but again, I just make a lot of work for myself probably there. But <laughs> it was my way of keeping a finger on um, knowing that, you know, there's a special little 13-year-old out there. And we have had a lot of those. I don't want that kid getting hurt just because you want to win a tournament and got competitive on a weekend. I want you to win a tournament. That's awesome. But I want you to win it with him being used the right way. Right. It's, so, it just sounds too. It's like you, you care so much about the kid and you also seem like you want to be able to sleep at night knowing I, I know I, I, I'm not putting this kid at risk. Yes. hundred percent. hundred percent. Extreme. Great. It's great leadership, you know, development first, you know, kids first. I mean, you know, people will be fortunate to, you know, but I know it's, 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 it's so tough. You know, you, it costs money, you know, like these things, when you're yeah. building a budget, they cost money to do those things. And, you know, when yeah. you're saying, okay, but when, after you pitch, you're not going to play, like, there's just things that we stand for. Um, you know, so it's just, it's just great. To, you know, I know that it just took you a while to get there, but I mean, now that you're there and, you know, you guys continue to have great success. That's for sure. Well, thank you. I mean, we, we've had success we can always get better you know that's one thing that we've always tried to you know make a mantra of, of you know not only are expected out of our kids but ourselves as a program and organization is just to, to work at getting better that's why we always go to the abca stuff we you know that's why i try to have as many good relationships as i can with people like tom hill yeah. and uh, john lowry you know i mean they're good people i be their I try to be their friends whether they knew anything about baseball but you know I mean I try to hang around people that that I think really will make me better uh, you know in, in all areas and so we've tried to work at it over time and hopefully you know we've we've done a good job at that but mm-hmm. sure we could always be better oh always always can be that's what the, that's what the that's, that's the best ones do the best ones try to keep getting better you know, it's, it's fine. I, I, I was thinking about one thing that just popped there in my head is like, you, you mentioned about like the, the new stuff that you're kind of doing with hitters and the movement patterns. And mm-hmm. that's, that's, is that, a, that, is that, I guess how your development of hitting has changed too? as, has pitching, are you guys, have you got, did you see that change too over the time? Like just thinking about more movements, not so many points, um, mm-hmm. you know, and things like that. Has that, has that changed as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, both both of those have changed, and uh, I, I am just I, I I think I try at least to to do a lot less coaching and a lot more letting kids be athletic, you know, and uh, that that wouldn't have been the case, you know, uh, fifteen twenty years ago or even probably ten years ago. Um, I just really feel like um, 
<laughs> being athletic leads to good mechanics. You know, always in the, in the past, you see a lot of coaches that, you know, mechanics will make you, you know, show video of kids and here's the mechanics part of it. Look how beautiful that guy looks. And it's like, it's like the mechanics made him look that way. And I say in, in my world today, whether it's pitching or hitting, man, if you're athletic and if you do things from an athletic standpoint, all of a sudden your mechanics look really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they get better at least. I'm not saying you never work on mechanics. I'm not right. saying that. But I am saying that athleticism makes better mechanics every time. And no matter where you're starting on the scale of athleticism, you might be okay or average or below average or whatever. But if you can become more athletic in your patterns and in your movements, I guarantee you your mechanics are going to get better. They just start working better for you. And so, you know, that's where my, I probably made the biggest changes in coaching over the years. And, and uh, it's the part of what I do love about where baseball has gone. I, I don't like where baseball has gone with all the data and everything in terms of like, I think it's taken out competitiveness of, of kids. You know, they think like if I do all this data stuff really well, that that makes me a great baseball player. And I would disagree vehemently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think you still have to win the game and compete on the next pitch. I mean, I think you have to, you know, that's what being a great baseball player is, is like using all that stuff to help you win on the next pitch every time, all the time. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think when it comes to the development and, and the winning that next pitch, it's, it's, it's more about, athletic movements than it is having great mechanics because i think i think both of them will happen you know if, if you focus differently on how you train so and you're focusing more on athletic movement and i see that i've seen that too that's great i mean i you know just um i remember getting one of the best best athletes in our school as a freshman and he was just crunched over looking over and that's just how he's sitting <laughs> i'm like you're like the best athlete you're the best athlete in the school almost as a freshman like, let's just, let's just, you know, just, let's just be athletic in the box. Like that's the biggest yeah. thing that I, that I just needed to get into. I'm like, and, you know, yeah. and, and just, it was crazy that, that how much, but I got, I mean, I was there. We all think at, at times we were there, just different points and getting, dit, 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 you know, and yeah. Yeah. I just, I think it's all part of people growing and that also mm-hmm. works for some people too. It's funny, you know, when you get to that, mm-hmm. you know, but mm-hmm. it's funny you say athletic and then, Again, another coach held. Uh, coach held. We had just talked about his ninety mile hour guys and how he says that that's the always the telltale trait between all of them is that really mostly the most athletic kids that he has. Yeah. yeah. So you got you got the Tom Held approval on that statement, there, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's big. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly big. what he had mentioned, and then you know that's why I started all that, and you know just. And it's funny, I, I you see like, I don't know how much you're big on Twitter and stuff like that, but like you starting to see guys make jump throws when they're th- when they're pitching, like that's part of their drill work, like some jump throws, you know, mm-hmm. some some drops, you know, like almost like a quarterback, you know, drop step and making a thing, and you know, so like you, I think I think we're seeing more of those things as well. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think again, there's not magic in that stuff. I think it's just doing things to. Uh, what yeah, try to push the envelope for those guys to become, I mean, they're so good and athletic that like they have to do some different things, you know, f- for some kids, they can never make those movements. Like right. they, that would be bad training for them to do. Cause they can't even hardly walk or chew gum at the same time, you know? So, I mean, it depends on where you're at right. as to how much of that goofy stuff you do, but 
that's right. the difference in training. Because like 20 years ago, we'd line you all up and go, here's the five drills we're all doing now. Rotate, right? And everybody's doing the exact same things and it's all mechanical based and focus on this or that. Or, and, and now, uh, you know, it's a little bit different, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, well, I mean, it's, it's been a little bit over now. I don't want to. I want to respect your time and all, but this has been, this has been great. You know, like I just can't thank you enough and uh, really uh, always enjoy our conversations and appreciate your time as always. Um, if coach, if there's anybody like, you know, really going to travel ball, you know, those guys, like, is there any good way of maybe contacting you to kind of maybe going over those mm-hmm. worksheets and those files that you have? Oh, hundred percent. I mean, if they email me, uh, you have my email, but uh, yeah. Uh, do you want me to give it to you? Yeah. Or, do you, yeah. Can I just, I just, so I can write it down. Yeah. It's uh, Joel J. Mishler 26 at gmail.com. So it's J O E L J M I S H L E R 26 at gmail.com. That's right. I forgot. But yeah, I, I got lots of files. Uh, I, I, could, I could make you fall asleep probably. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, they mean something to me at least. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, for the most part, I think if you've been in our program, they would make a lot of sense to you at least. Yeah. But, I just uh, know, you know, John Lowry, you know, he talked, always talked about how ultra organized you were and, you know, always spoke so highly of you as well. So, um, yeah. and I know you have, you'd have a lot to offer for anybody like, you know, really getting in travel ball and wanting to learn even more and just all your stuff. So. I, pre- I appreciate that. I do. I, I always tell John, I go, I ain't very smart and I ain't very creative, but I, I at least can dot my eyes and cross my T's and be organized. So <laughs> that's right. If that's the best I can do, then that's that's what, that works sometimes. Yeah, that's how, that's how you can run a good organization. That's for sure. You got to. So well, hey, thank you. I, I appreciate yeah. it. it. Was a lot of fun for me. Coach Joel Mishler, just with a great, great talk. Uh, really enjoyed our talk. I've talked with him a couple times. And, um, you know, again, always with the passion and thinking of kids first, doing it the right way, no matter if it's not popular or not. You know, he's still trying to sell the idea of his college weekend series, Um, you know. But his things, his ways, his beliefs, the way they did things attract the guys like Driveline. Driveline is one of the premier big organizations driving baseball. And the way... Coach Missler does things, even attract a guy like Kyle Bodie and Driveline. So, really hope you enjoy the uh, conversation with Coach Missler. Again, if you have any questions for him, would like to reach out to him, his email is joeljmishler26 at gmail.com. And that's Mishler, M I S H L E R. Joel J. Mishler, 26 at gmail.com. Founder of Indiana Chargers. They continue to do great things. Premier travel organization in the Midwest. Caring about kids, developing kids, doing things the right way, finding unique experiences for kids to not only have a college exposure, uh, to have a college feel and um, compete. Compete with guys that are trying to win those same college scholarships. So uh, just loved loved his, uh, his talk and, and um, hope you did as well. And I'll see you next week. Keep getting better.